Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors podcast. The Greenway Outdoors is also an internationally syndicated TV show on Pursuit Channel and Wild TV. You are now tuned into our weekly podcast hosted by executive producer Kyle Green, production coordinator Jeff Hutchinson, director AJ Beadle, and creative producer Ryan Parks. We live in a world where our natural resources are almost solely protected by funds raised by hunters and fishermen. With over 60% of those funds coming from white males over the age of 55, the Greenway Outdoors team has set out on a mission to create content that would inspire millennials, Generation Z, and new sportsmen and women to get out, hunt, fish, and contribute towards conservation and the betterment of our planet. Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Greenway Outdoors podcast. Ryan, your hair looks fantastic. I'm Kyle. I'm Jeff. I'm AJ. I'm Ryan. And uh, I like and my hair looks good. You had a baseball cap on. <laughs> Three, two. How's my hair look? How's my hair look? <laughs> I know you said that as the countdown was happening. I was like, Ryan, your I'm hair. Sorry, I'm the, not answering. <laughs> the, little, the little fluff that we can see looks fantastic, buddy. Terrible. And welcome to the show. <laughs> This week's episode, we're um, going to be talking about a few different things. Number one, our ice fishing trip, which was trips. trips I gotta say <laughs> trips, yeah, to correct that easily. Uh, with what we went say to trips. Yeah, well, yeah, you can. I did. Too. He went on two of three. Plural is two or more. <laughs> the hey. only one that really counted you didn't go on. No. Hey, yeah. Ryan. AJ wanted me to tell you to <laughs> no, drop dead. No, I didn't. <laughs> drop dead. Um, I, I get to tell my fox squirrel story, which I've been. It's it's been on the list for three or four different times. And it never makes the cut, but it is, it's a very true <laughs> and very important story about squirrels. Then we're going to be talking about uh, Ash Wednesday and how people give stuff up for Lent and what the meaning is behind that and my thoughts on it and obviously your guys' thoughts on it, which are a little bit less important. And then, <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I just want to say real quick before we get into anything too deep, I really like your outfit. <laughs> you don't. Why, why, why am I? You got a nice here little, we go. Why little, am I under attack every week for what I wear now? Jacket on with your little neon colored thing underneath. Why don't looks you wear? Very, looks very sporty, golden girl. Why don't you wear another <laughs> crinkled collar polo and then get back to me, okay? <laughs> like, Here it goes. He's like, I love those polos. Crinkled, <laughs> crinkled collar. We have a new guy on the board with us today, and he's probably like, these guys are just. Oh, they're mean they're to each mean. other. I didn't realize they were so mean to each other. We love each other. Please don't notice me. Please don't notice me. <laughs> we did, uh, um, so this these ice fishing trips, as we were just talking about, were pretty extensive. Um, we Our goal was to go out and get lake trout in shallow water on Lake Huron. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a couple experts helping us out with how to do it. And according to what we were hoping, it was going to be easy. And we went out for took three different trips to get one fish and the first time we went out we only saw two lakers no you saw two oh, i saw one and then i saw what i think was a white fish and then you saw something that none of the rest of us saw so yeah just one <laughs> <laughs> one real one no, no guys five more minutes you guys played the five minute um, game with me yeah i'm like I'm like the kid that asked for five more minutes, except for some weird reason I actually get to make choices. So we just end up being out there for how many? How long was 45 it? Forty-five more minutes? Ten, no, ten or eleven no. hours. Five more minutes. Two times. Just, just five more minutes after the five more minutes. Just, <laughs> but but you guys, how cool would it be? <laughs> oh, if it, all we need is one fish and make an episode. Well, then how there's, cool there's would that it weird be if like, one fish came in? Yeah. 
sound like you were crying, but it wasn't crying. Oh, yeah, it's thing. Like, please, please, <laughs> just a fish. Please, come on. Come on. He was like doing this whiny thing. Please. Like you weren't, it wasn't whining, but it just had this weird pitch to it. Ugh. It sounded like, sound like you were crying. You guys seem so upset. That I just kept saying over and over again. I signed the checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, my, that's my favorite. <laughs> Whenever I gangs up, I'm gonna be like, it's really weird that I'm the one that signs the checks, and you guys are being really mean to me right now. Like last week, everyone that watched the podcast was like, your team's really mean to you. I was oh, like, yeah, no. they're jealous of my awesome outfits. It was probably a 30, 30, 36 hour to get everything, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was 36 yeah. hours of hard fishing in order to get it. But the, here's the thing I know that this is. Always like with bear, for instance, we went out and bear hunted for three or four days. The episode was incredible because we had so much footage and so much B-roll and so much mm-hmm. this and so much that. This episode, there's so much content. Even Jeffrey was funny. <laughs> I say it like yeah. he's not the funny one every time. <laughs> with um, your crinkled collar. <laughs> I've been saving that. I was like, all week long, I was stewing on how you guys treated me last week. I go, let him say something about my shirt this week, and oh, he's yeah. going to get say the cream. That, that, that was one of the best podcasts we've ever had though, was, last week. Dude, we got so much feedback from that. It was hilarious. So much feedback from that one. It's weird that the one that did so well is the one where you guys were so mean to me. I don't. Yeah, I, it's like our yeah. audience is just passive aggressive and mean, but that's okay. Yeah, I find it funny because you're the one that signs the checks too. <laughs> <laughs> As I remind you, when everyone hangs up on me, I sign them. I sign them. <laughs> but when we <laughs> when we went and uh, um, did the episode, we had like I said, so many days. But like the amount of content and the amount of footage and the amount of B roll in three different weather days. That was so much. That's me hitting Jeffrey in the face with the with the thing. I was clearly thinking that was hilarious. Why would you do that? It was funny. I flung it too, so it whipped him. He whap. I posted about it on Facebook. Everyone loved it. That's <laughs> why. That's why people watching are like, yeah, that one podcast because we all made fun of you because you do crap like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're the mean one, and that's what everyone wants. <laughs> so, the the different weather days that we had, like we had a really warm, clear day. That was super sunny. We had one day that was like partly cloudy and really bitter cold. And then we had another day it was like rainy and drizzly. So, like, mm-hmm. we flew the drone all three days and we got all kinds of GoPro footage and we got the new GoPros in. So, the stuff was super clear. And then we were lucky enough that once we went out on that third day, it was a horrendous walk. Oh, my we had to gosh. walk out. And our Snapchat video of the week yeah, that I posted brutal. was, uh, yeah, that was the day AJ missed. I saw the uh, the drone footage and it looked very Look far. Someone it, finally pulling up the uh, target species. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey says that. So we had uh, um, we set up tip ups and we also did some jigging through the hole. And finally, um, I was able to. Uh, we had two flags go off. Jeffrey got the first one because um, he's like this whole self-proclaimed uh, righteous thing that he's got going on. But Jeffrey, <laughs> <laughs> but Jeffrey got the first flag. And uh, um, he pulled up a beautiful lake trout. And the thing about, all jokes aside, the cool thing about lake trout fishing, too, is when you, normally when you're pike fishing for uh, tip-ups, you've got, like, 50-pound braided line on with a steel leader and a big old treble hook, and you can muscle them in, and it's just kind of different. But with this, we're using these tiny, eensy-beensy little treble, treble hooks. I've never seen... It's, like, smaller than my pinky really? fingernail. Oh, I've never seen anything like it, AJ. Like... We were doing everything wrong, by the way, before when we were going by ourselves until Brandon yeah. went with us. We're, we're well, terrible. The weird thing is, is we were using smaller fish with bigger hooks. They used ginormous fish. I saw that the bait, and they were like, huge. "Oh yeah, the, but the but the hook, you don't want to use the big ones because they they've had too many drops." Which yeah, I don't... that means the fish take it and let go because they feel the hook. Yeah. But but here's the thing: 
we did what the bait shop guy told us to do. So we're like, hey, we're going out for lake trout. What do we do? And he's like, do this. And it wasn't that. Yeah, <laughs> so we, he didn't look like he was credible anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think like a bait shop. Like either. Yeah. <laughs> Normally with the bait shop people, like you just figure they're going to be right, but they you weren't. Assume. Yeah. So, I mean, I've never seen travel hooks this small. Didn't even know they made them that small. And that's what we were using with like seven, eight inch chubs. Like we're talking middles yeah, like that. Yeah, they were big. So we're putting those down. And uh, um, I was like a little like the hook barely went in the chub like you you had a hook so high up on the spine of the bait fish that it was barely like in them but the, I, I thought that for sure they'd throw the hook off but they didn't yeah and well, uh, they swallow them whole i guess so. I was, but yeah, then but then has to be it. you gotta imagine such a massive fish to swallow an eight inch chub hole you yeah, know what i mean well huge. sure enough um so the first fly goes off and the cool thing is you're kind of fighting them in a different way. Like I said, with pike, you've got that big braided line on those big hooks, and you've seen us, AJ. We were mm-hmm. just muscling them up. Yep. Whereas with this, if they pull real hard, you got to let them take line because there's a six-pound leader so the, the, that's clear. The flag goes up. You run into it. Because when we did pike, you just boom. You, yeah. You, you, you don't even do the first. You don't? You don't set the no, hook like it's, that. It's, it's, they, they've fully eaten it, and you're just pulling them up. So it's okay. like a weird... You have to keep tension on it. You can't let it slack. But you also... You can't pull too hard. It's not like you have to pull too hard though, because you're just kind of. You can't. It's you can't there, pull. but it's not there. Well, you, right. you risk snapping the line. The, you yeah. The, the wall. Now the walleye. I caught a walleye. Jeff caught a, um, a lake trout. We'll mm-hmm. go into that. But his fish didn't fight as hard because it did swallow it completely whole. Um, and when they swallow it, it's down in their throat, so it's they're less likely to be really be pulling. But even so. And he took a ton of line out. Like, we didn't notice your flag for a while. And it happened within the first 20 minutes of us being out there. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, we should... didn't even have the shanty up yet. We were setting no, out yeah. other tip-ups. Right. Yeah, I was I was at another tip-up just setting it up where we had seen the fish down there in the water while setting the tip-up. And he set out the flag but just kind of mouthed it and then back, okay. back off. Anyhow, um, just pulling it up, and it does a couple runs on him. Now, pike, you just muscle it in. Yep. When they run with these, you kind of got to let the line go in between your hands. Really? Let them take more line because if you if you muscle it, they'll break the six-pound leader. Okay. Both our fish were well over six pounds. Yeah, they look huge. So, they're, they're, you know, and then... They're that huge. On top of that, yeah, exactly. Those are the two monsters right there. Now, the other thing is, too, when you pull them up, they, um, you can't just lift them out of the water because they weigh more than the test of the line. So oh, you yeah, break the line. Yeah, so you got to reach down mm-hmm. and grab exactly right and grab their gill and lift them out. Okay. <clears throat> you don't want to you don't want to finger them like you would a um, a bass because you'll you'll end up getting your thumb jacked up with your teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But uh, there's I think there's another phrase for it than what I said. <laughs> but um, anyhow, uh, when you reach down, you grab them by the gill and pull them out. But that was cool because it's kind of like, you know, with pike, you catch it and you got it and everyone just watches. But with the, the, these kind of fish, it's like a, a team effort because some, okay. someone's got to reach down and grab the fish, and that's the hardest part. The pulling them up thing and seeing the flag, that's the easy part. Reaching down and grabbing them by the gill. And just fish, it was my first time really doing it like that with a lake trout especially. When I reached down, it's like he couldn't have had the gills anymore pressed against his face. Nope. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm digging at it to try and pull it away from the skin. And I kept slipping, and they're like, you better grab it. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's I too much like, There's one whitefish from one time, and I'm watching this go. Oh, that's, he here we go again. Go because of that. Biggest whitefish ever. <laughs> it happened with Jeff and I where I took Jeffrey out walleye fishing for the first time, and we are jigging, and we had a whitefish come in and take my hook. And I hadn't explained to Jeffrey how to how to grab him by the gill. I hadn't explained didn't explain anything. anything. And to be honest with you, I was shady on knowing Didn't myself. Didn't say I had to do anything. And then he goes, get it. And I'm like, 
what do you mean get it? <laughs> it was like up at the hole. So the fish got off. Because the fish started spinning. Okay. And, and he then was able to spit the hook. The hook. And then, wow. So yeah. my revenge for him, I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I contemplated letting his uh, leg trot go. <laughs> but I think we needed it for the episode, and that was more important than evil <laughs> revenge. Past revenge. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> Wait. I'm proud of how far you've come. <laughs> um. So, but grabbing him was tough. And we got him out of the water, and like I was looking, I'm like, this is awesome. Just the relief of like, thir- like you said, 36 hours of fishing, yep. and finally lifting that Last fish travel. out of the water after all the walking, after all the work, after all the driving. Three separate success. times driving hour and a half. And I said in the episode, there's a certain relationship that the four of us have with a successful hunting or fishing trip that like puts us as close to our ancestors as possible for the simple fact of like if our ancestors didn't catch a fish or didn't you know have a successful hunt they didn't eat dinner now we're gonna eat dinner no matter what we're gonna mm-hmm. stop it you know dq dq on the way home <laughs> <laughs> they, they should fresh caught ice cream <laughs> yeah fresh cut. we're gonna stop on the way home we're gonna we're gonna survive but for us as a team if we have a a lot of unsuccessful hunting or fishing trips and they start to stack up we could lose our careers yeah. correct so it's like there's a certain like nostalgia you know i was gonna say it to the pressure that we have over like the weekend warrior who goes out to hunt and fish for fun Mm -hmm. it's like we have to come through and like decisions have to be made and like you know it's it's a balance for me too is like i didn't ryan ryan comes you guys haven't had a weekend in like a month and (laughs) and ryan comes to me and he's supposed to go up north and he's like um you know he's supposed to go up north with his friend snowmobiling he's like I, I won't go. I won't go. I'll go with you guys to film. And Instead, I, he went up with his friends up north. No, so I don't yeah, with us. Shut up, Jeff. He didn't, yeah. miss, he didn't miss out at all. That's yeah, great. you got to go with us up north. But, you know, I... And I'll, I'll give away our exact location. The amount... <laughs> our, our, That's fine. Our team, of, our team of four, you know, AJ, how many all-nighters do you think you pulled in the last three years? Too many. Yeah. Got it. That's a lot. Um, got it. And How many episodes have we done? I know. <laughs> hey, we've we put a couple in on time. We have. Like one or two um, out of 50. Beginning of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Last year. <laughs> but, uh, but that being said, the amount of all-nighters AJ's put in and Ryan, who's been with us for a year now, over a year, yep. and his dedication to be like, no, I'm not going to go up north with my friends and give up another weekend in order to get this episode filmed when there was no good reason to think we'd even get a fish. Yeah, everyone kept telling us we were idiots. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, um, I just thought that that was real cool and special that Ryan was willing to do that. And that's the thing is, like, the only reason... like Thanks, you, Ryan. Go look, go look <laughs> at Meat Eater. Go look at every other hunting and fishing show that is in our competition for top-level tier of cable television. Watch their credits. There's 35 people in the credits every time. Mm-hmm. There's four of us. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're killing them, yep. which is... Sorry, I'm going to get excited, but we're kicking butt right now and it's mm-hmm. awesome I, I think yeah that's a strong point to make is a lot of it's like actual production companies like with a ton of people 30 40 people and there's four of us doing 10 people's jobs yeah but literally you, yeah. you can't I mean, stop us because no. we'll work around the clock yeah it doesn't matter there's yeah. no there's no timelines there's no nothing we'll make a new podcast every single week we will create a television show and deliver it weekly we just don't stop. I mean, yeah. we create 26 episodes a year in a 52-week calendar year, and now 52 podcasts a year on top of that. We're producing all of those and delivering with B-roll, pictures, you're seeing it all. I mean, we're just workhorses. But yep. at the same time, it's also what we love to do. So we're like, yeah. people are like, wow, you guys are really lucky. It's like, 
We are. There's other sides to it. Luck comes yeah. to those who, who are willing to give up another weekend. So, Ryan, thank you again for doing that. Because of that, I will go on the record of saying that I think that episode will be better than Bear, and I think it will be our best episode ever. When you factor in the content that we have, the jokes that Weirdo made, the, um, the, uh, the drone footage, the GoPro shots, the success, the failures leading up to the success, the size of that walleye, almost that 29 awesome. inches and 10 yeah, pounds. Yeah, you didn't really tell... Yeah. much about that yeah the walleye was i mean that's going to be on the dnr website i mean it's a monster that is i mean that's a, it, was, that's, it was huge that's the biggest walleye i've ever seen mm-hmm. i haven't seen bigger so yeah, that was well, pretty cool it was coming up to the hole and <laughs> brandon was down there gonna he was gonna grab it and then it comes up opens its mouth he's like well not gonna reach in that one's mouth <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah, what he did was he he actually he goes ah that's all he said. And I looked at it. I was like, that doesn't look like Jeffrey's. That's weird looking. Yeah, that is a weird it looking. Weird. It's got that weird blind eye thing going <laughs> yeah. on. I don't know yeah. what. Uh... I was just, con- I had, and it ran on me a couple times. Um, so it would get close, and I'm like, that does not look like a lake trout. But I was like, maybe I just don't know enough about lake trout. So I just didn't say nothing because I didn't want to sound stupid. Plus, we were filming. <laughs> and then when I brought it up, he goes, that's not a lake trout. I was like, good for me. Good wow, for me. Wow, that's a cool nice. lake trout. Whoa, whoa, whoa. saying that. The same bait, same like, tip up. Yeah, everything everything, everything is exactly the same. Wow. Uh, I didn't even know you could catch walleye on chubs, but I guess I guess you well, can catch Well, he had said that the there. deeper you go out, that's where they're at. So maybe because you guys were so we far were out there. Yeah. yeah, we were in 12 foot water. You were in the area. We walked a couple miles out. Dude. The, the funny thing is, and you'll Ugh. see this in the Snapchat video, when we're walking out, the ice was like shards and like all kinds of hills every two inches. Oh, yeah. It was horrendous. Terrain. <laughs> horrendous terrain. The White Desert is what Ryan called it. Yep, the White Desert. <laughs> so... That episode is pretty cool being out there, though. You know, yeah. Once you're out there, the weird weird thing was is we're we're out there for a couple hours at one point, and we get out and we look, and the guy we're with goes, "You see that ice way out there in the distance? Yeah, that was connected to here a little bit ago. (laughs) Like, oh, really? So so it's breaking up and slowly flowing away because of the wind and the. You could hear it while we were standing there. You could hear it go, like start cracking here and there. Let's go. You guys know you're on camera, right? Yeah. Huh? Both of you. The cameras are pointed at both of you right now. <laughs> no, I was no? telling him, because he always goes like this, like away from the mic, and I'm like, Jeffrey, stay close. And he goes, I can hear it just fine. I'm casual. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that doesn't answer anything. <laughs> I love him, though. Um, Ew. I've had it. <laughs> oh, weird. You don't love me. <laughs> There's been a story that I've wanted to talk about for a long time, like I said, that this is, okay, first of all, that's not necessary. <laughs> Okay, I was in the Thelma, Michigan. Yeah, you okay. said it pretty good. You gotta give us a time, <laughs> yeah, all year, yeah. all this stuff. And uh, we're in the Thelma, Michigan. Okay, and <laughs> thanks, Jeffrey. He's holding up his thumb because no, we're counting the lies. Oh, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> this is not. I'm telling. See, that's the thing. So here's no the story. No, <laughs> that's a lie. That's I, funny. It, no one believes the story, and I really don't care because it's like one of those moments that I'll always have to live with by myself. You really don't have many believers. No, I really I think don't. Your dad even said no. Yeah, no, he was there. My dad was right? there with me. So we go out hunting. We're on this piece of land. It's in the thumb of Michigan. This is um, well before the show. I'm probably 17, 18 years old. I got to be 18 or 19, actually, because I was already in the car business. But anyhow, we had uh, um, my dad and I were going to go out, and we were setting up two blinds. It was on a sugar beet field, and there was a little patch of woods, probably about an acre, a square acre of woods, with a big drainage ditch of water going through the fields, and then sugar beets on one side and corn on the other. 
So you've got the most ideal climate you could ever have for squirrels because there was good cover in those trees, and then there was all the food that they could ever want, and there were acorn trees too. So it's just like heaven for these guys. What were you What were you hunting for? Deer. Oh, that's right. Deer. Okay. Deer. I thought it was so, a turkey. But so, yeah. and I had hunted there a few times, and we had shot some really big fox squirrels there. The biggest fox squirrels I had ever seen, um, bigger than you know what you're seeing normally, and uh, we got pictures of those and stuff like that. But you're talking like the bodies on them were like this, just real big guys. And uh, so my dad and I went out there, and I remember it was in the morning, and there was a lot of snow. There was like a foot of snow. And it had snowed a lot, like, the day, the two days prior. It was a Saturday morning. So I walked my dad to his blind because he had never been out there. And then, so he's, he's if you're looking at a, a map here, my dad is, <laughs> my dad is the perfect map. My dad is in this corner here, and then there's a line right here, and I'm all the way over here, but that's like, 1,500 yards away. There's sugar beets here, corn here, woods are here. What's the weekend look like, oh, yeah. Kyle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like the weatherman? <laughs> so anyhow, my dad's in that blind. I walk him down. I go walking towards uh, my blind. I get all the way there, and I look, and the door is blown open from the snow, and the whole inside of it has like a foot of snow inside the blind. It's one of the, like a wood, you know, um, eight by eight blind. You know, you got to duck to get in the doorway and stuff like that, and there's a chair there. And inside... There's all these really big tracks, but I'm not really familiarized with what they are. I'm like, they kind of look like squirrel tracks, but I'm not sure. That's a picture of a fox squirrel for the species, for everyone who knows what I'm talking about. I'm like, kind of look like squirrel tracks, but they're huge. I'm like, I don't know what it is. So I just got in, and I sat down in the chair. Well, I'm sitting there, and about an hour, hour and a half in the hunt, I haven't seen anything, and I start, I doze off. I wake up, looking around. And I had an insure. I remember that. I like insurers, and they're like an old people drink, but that was what I had for the. It was the high the, protein. The story's one. coming back to me. Yeah, no, and uh, um, <laughs> I grab my insure, I open it, and I start drinking it. And then I turn to my left. I never close the door to the blind. So the door is facing the woods area, and then my window is facing the corn area, which is all mowed down and covered in snow now. And then behind me would be the sugar beets field. So in the doorway, I spot movement, and I turn and look, and I stay like my gun is across my lap, it's a, and it's a, a muzzle loader because we're in the thumb, and you get one shot with a muzzle loader, and it's got a scope on it, and the scope's all the way zoomed in because I planned on getting something in the woods, which was about 100 yards away. So I'm very unprepared for this. So I turn and look, and I freeze, and standing there is the largest squirrel <laughs> that God ever created. And you guys can say what you want, that's, I feel like I need popcorn. Okay. Now I'm looking. Now there happens to be a small tree right there. I feel like Kyle's nose is growing. And these, you guys can oh, say whatever. Careful. You guys. Are you okay? From what? Pants are on fire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm your only friend. So anyhow, yeah, that's why. <laughs> so anyhow, I look at this thing and it's sitting up on its back legs and it's got its tail tucked out, and that sucker is looking me dead in the eyes. Now at the time. The first thing I think, which is a little sick, but you can say what you want, but this is what I thought. I was like, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> like, I was like, that, Kill it. that squirrel is worth so much money. Oh, you okay, imagine yeah. how much a Cabela's will pay for this freak show of a squirrel, okay? I mean, this thing's massive. So at the time he's standing up against a tree, I make a mental note as it's staring at me at how high it is because it's standing in it's sitting in front of the tree and it's standing up on its back, like it's sitting back on its butt, with like mm -hmm. a dog will, with its 
Like in that previous picture, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. So it's sitting, well, no, I think that one was squatted down. But it's like just like this. Just like this. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay. I make a mental note of a mark on the tree so I can see how high it is. So if I don't get the squirrel, later on people will believe me because I'll be like, it was exactly this tall. But obviously that didn't work out for me. But anyhow. <laughs> so I made that mental note, and he's staring at me, and he goes like this. He gives me one of these numbers because he's, he's like, I'm in his chill zone you know whatever he was doing in there that's his own business but he's been going in there alone for a while <laughs> whatever squirrels are bachelor doing. pad and you know what i take that back and here's how big this squirrel was it wasn't a he it was a she and i could tell that's how big it was it was sitting back and i could see its privates i knew exactly what it was it was a female so that's how big like i feel like a squirrel's gotta be decent sized to know that but anyhow Meh. So I'm aware it's female, so she, I'll call her she from now on, she's sitting back and she's looking at me and she gives me one of these numbers. She goes, <laughs> and she's trying to get me to flinch because she's not sure what I am because now I'm in the chair that she's been chilling in. She, and like a couple times she she's does testing, it. She's, she's trying testing to, you, yeah. Yeah, she's trying to get me to move. And I'm just staring at her and I'm like, and she starts stepping, she gets down in her paws hands whatever they got Pause. and she she starts stepping hands. in <laughs> hands <Let's see>. <laughs> she starts stepping in she starts coming into the blind and i was like if she comes in that blind i'm shutting that door behind her and one of us is leaving because you're talking about scrapping with a with a massive beast okay like this thing's huge this isn't this isn't and squirrels so are funny i mean the teeth on this sucker like yeah this is true. like the size of a coyote so you're talking a whole nother ball game of squirrel and i'll tell oh, you yeah. i'll tell you the measurement when we're all done so i'm looking at this sucker and she steps in she starts to move closer and then backs up starts to move gives me these numbers again and i'm just sitting there with my open insurer in my hand my gun across my lap freaking out but i'm like i gotta get that door shut behind us and then one of us is one of us is going home tonight maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. she just wants the insurer <laughs> um so anyhow squirrel gets a little closer stops gives me one of these numbers again it felt like an eternity it was probably two or three minutes long this entire process which felt like i could feel my heartbeat in my neck because <laughs> i'm living something that a no one's gonna believe mm -hmm. i'm living something that could potentially be like the coolest story ever and i just know that sometimes in life you know when you're living something that you're like i'll never forget this and i'll be talking about this for the rest of my life and then my next decisions are going to have to be what i said i did in the story for the rest of my life so i'm sitting there all of a sudden out of nowhere the squirrel starts talking <laughs> <laughs> with a british accent mind you How shut up <laughs> you're ruining my story so she stops and she goes and goes berserk and starts running my first instinct is I flip up my gun and I aim out the window and I shoot very quickly. Did not position myself as quickly as as precisely as I would have liked to, but she's running away from me, dead away. Boom, I shoot. And I literally see the impact go just over her shoulder into the snow as she's running away, and off she goes. Dang. Into the into the end. So I'm sitting there so angry that I missed. So it's a muzzle loader. I mean, it's that yeah, you're big. Done. How would it's, you miss? It's it was running. It was my scope was too zoomed in, is what it was. Yeah, I made a reasons why I missed, but uh, um, and like shoot, you're you know. Um, so then I I call my dad. And he's like, "Did you get something?" I was like, "You got to get over here right now." So my dad walks over, and I show him the tracks and I show him the mark on the tree, and the mark on the tree said that that squirrel was 32 inches tall. 
Just the body without the tail. That's that's, <laughs> that's about as tall. As, tables and desks usually sit about thirty-two. That's almost three foot. Yeah. I, yeah. Almost three foot but tall. That means that that is like up to. Now I've looked it. Here. I've looked it up. With the tail, if you now the tail is almost always at least the length, if not more of the length than the squirrel. So you factor in the tail there, and you're talking about a five and a half foot squirrel. <laughs> and anybody can say, I will, I will go on record. I will put my hand on the Holy Bible. You can put me on a lie detector test. There is a mutant squirrel running around, and everyone's like, well, maybe you thought it was a coyote. I'm like, maybe you don't have friends. I looked at this thing for tw- <laughs> like freaking three minutes for me to ride away. I'm not dumb. I know what a squirrel looks like. It was a fox squirrel. Perfect colors, perfect resemblance. Not a oh, it kind of looked like it. No, it was a fox squirrel. Mutant There's no. Squirrel. I, I hunt and fish for a living. It was a fox squirrel. That's exactly what it was. And that sucker was 32 inches tall when I looked at the tree. And my dad's like, "Those are some really big footprints." And that was all he said about it. And he like wasn't interested <laughs> yeah. in the rest of the story. But I'm like, "Dad, it was this tall." He goes, "With the tail?" I'm like, "No, no, no." That like it was sitting. He's like, "All right, you know, just kind of." But right. yeah, yeah. But I'm like, "No, you don't understand." <laughs> And then I've been telling that story ever since it happened, and I get the same reaction. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You'll notice the gender changes halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) That is a 100% true story. There is a mutant squirrel running around out there, and I almost had him. Because I was like, do you know? Like, that would be in the Guinness Book of World Records. I'd be on the news. We would have been on the DNR site. Probably would have sold it to Cabela's for, like, 20 grand. It was a life-changing squirrel. What do people say that they – what do people say – that you, they think you thought you saw. You get the coyote and fox BS, as if I can't <laughs> yeah. tell the difference. Well, it kind of sounds like a fox. What part? The where I where I said it was a fox squirrel. Is that where I sounded like a fox? Yeah. Shut up! I hate Shut that. Up. <laughs> Shut I, up, I, stupid. I, well, the thing is, I had so much time to look at it. You know, well, fox squirrels don't get that big. Well, I don't like you. I know that. Yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, but that thing, and I, I just I made the mark on the tree. Like I did all the thing. I had so much time. To process all this information to like be like, all right, what am I seeing? What am I looking at? Identify it, go through it. I would do anything to go back in time and just be a, be a better person wow. and co- deliver <laughs> on the, the the harvest. Can you imagine the, the the cookout we'd have? We could do it like a slow roast, like a pig. <laughs> yeah, a big, just the size of it. Big but, uh, meat. <laughs> but the, I bet it'd be pretty gamey. But uh, um, but it, it's the perfect environment. He's got access to sugar beets, corn. They're both organic fields at that, whether that makes a difference. Acorn, uh, one by one acre of uh, um, perfect uh, um, woods for cover, uh, for it to sleep in. It had the drainage ditch there for water source. It had every single thing it could need with with predators, sure, but access to protection. So it, it, it had everything it could possibly. It's a perfect environment. We harvested all kinds of big fox squirrels out there. My dad actually got two with his handgun. He was, um, he was, uh, black powder. Yeah, black powder pistol that he reloaded. <laughs> with, he used cool. a little lead balls and was able to harvest two squirrels. That's how big they were there with a handgun while deer hunting. He's a savage. But the point is, it was, it was that happened. And I don't care what people say. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I do. It was a fox squirrel. Are you sure it wasn't a fox? Did you not, did you not hear me? No. no I, I, I find it funny I have to say it twice. Yeah. That, this, that this is an episode that really gets big numbers as far as people watching it and that you're the next Sasquatch hunter. I just don't you're care. the next big. I'll do it. I know the road. I know where we were. You know where we were. There's some yeah. weird things out there. I've been there. 
you can say what you want. I don't really I, care. I, I, I mean, I can't really disagree with your story. It's like, I wasn't there. That's I, true. I, I can't express how real it was. Like, I just can't get it through people's <laughs> well, heads. We, we can. We can hook you up to the lie detector test. That's the I, truth. I think we should do a lie detector test on the Coming show. Coming up next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. Can we I, do that? I honestly don't think you're lying. Good. I'm, I'm not lying. I hope we do two but lie detectors. I think we should. It'd be kind of cool just to prove it to other people. I would love to do a lie detector test. But then you still have the idiots who are like, you don't know what you saw. I'd be like, you don't have friends. Yep. <laughs> I, like I like saying it. that. Like and then that while too. he's hooked up, we can ask him other questions. That's a funny one. <laughs> no, just one question's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm done. I'm done. Who actually signs the checks? <laughs> <laughs> Philosophical question. It's more of a conversation this week. Um, Ash Wednesday. It's it's known that a lot of Christians will give up something for Lent, and that is a, a very Catholics. T- yeah, well, cat, Lutherans do it too sometimes. I know that some people in my church do. Yeah, it. Yeah, I was a little confused by that. So mostly I'm Catholics. Glad you so. covered that. Yeah. So um, the idea is that the the countdown to Easter, well, the countdown to the crucifixion on Good Friday, and then Easter, a lot of people will give up stuff from one to the other. In church, they give up saying Hallelujah. Uh, you're not supposed to say that from. Um, the uh, the Ash Wednesday all the way until Easter. They take it out of all the bulletins and stuff, so no sermons or no songs will be sung hmm. that that are, um, say that. But then on Easter they say it like a hundred times. So um, he is risen. Indeed. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So anyhow, <laughs> I was really going through why people give stuff up for Lent and like what the idea is. And the idea is, what I hear is, you talk about the sacrifice that Jesus made by giving up his life for you. So in order to remind you of that, you give up something so that every time you don't do something that might be normal in your routine, you'll think about that. So, like, people give up ice cream. If you eat ice cream a lot, I don't know anybody who eats ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> maybe them daily. Maybe hourly. <laughs> yeah, maybe hourly. Maybe twice a trip. Maybe they like Dove Bars. Yeah. God, I love Dove Bars. And what I wouldn't do for a Klondike. But anyhow. <laughs> Anything. They give it up for But I always thought that that was kind of... At first, I was under the impression that the reason why people gave it up is because Jesus gave up his life, so you are giving up something. I was like, you're comparing dove bars to <laughs> Jesus' life. Like, that's like a sick comparison, like a weird thing. And there's some people that do it because of that. Like, well, Jesus gave up something, so I'm going to, too. I'm like, well, that's an, that, what an insane comparison. That's like, oh, you lost your leg? I'll stub my toe. Like, it's like, uh, yeah. sometimes it hurts a lot. Okay. It does hit. Oh, when you stub your toe <laughs> or step on a Lego. Oh. Lego is making slippers now that are Lego proof. And they got a Lego logo off topic. on them. It's Way off topic. Completely. It's, it's about, about time. time. I've been looking for those suckers for a while. I've been telling you to clean up those Legos in your house. You're alone. No one's going to pick them up for you. I know. I do it's, have Legos in my house. It's my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually awesome that AJ does. So the idea that what I've arrived at that saying that you're giving up something in comparison to what he gave up is, is insanity, but something to remind you of what he did does make a little bit of sense. I've never actually given up anything for Lent. Um, but have you, Jeff? Mm-hmm. No, Ryan, you haven't either. No, I think cause not it's something predominantly my, a Catholic thing and we're not Catholic. Yeah. So yeah, that was not something my church practiced, but so the philosophical standpoint of what I was looking for in this whole thing was, I think it would make a lot more sense to be giving up something to remind you of what he did and not... Something all, stupid. Yeah, also giving up something because he gave up his life because the comparison just doesn't fit. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to roll our first ever Snapchat video Ooh. from this last week. Because that compares well to Jesus dying. On it's, a, it's, a, it's a good segue. <laughs> it's a great segue, <laughs> but it's a very different topic. So let's roll them. 
release their seeds unless there's been a fire. And so a little bit of fire at the right time can stop Ryan's everything tired. from burning to the ground. Pretty tired that's too. also a really useful... Go get these trout. In I pulled for like the first half and I complained a lot the whole time, but I didn't realize that the second half for Jeffrey was going to be highly inconsistent and difficult terrain. He's so angry. <laughs> Only another mile, buddy. <laughs> because I would walk one half of one mile and I would walk half a mile more just to be the man who gets a fish before Kyle who falls <coughs> down in the snow. Okay. <laughs> You're a hunter, and because you hunt, you're the world's greatest conservationist. You're a huntervationist. You do more for wildlife and conservation than anyone. The Sportsman Alliance protects hunters from the animal rights movement. When the Sportsman Alliance gets involved in court cases or legislation, hunters win. Conservation wins. Become a huntervationist today and join the Sportsman Alliance like we did to help protect your rights against the animal rights movement. Hotshot Outfitters in Port Hope, Michigan is the destination for whitetail deer, crow, waterfowl, rabbit, predator, and turkey hunts. We have cabins, over 30,000 non-fenced acres, and a passion for delivering fair chase hunts to you and your family. Reserve your hunt at hotshotoutfitters.com today. your mind gets right when your hands are busy you can't point fingers and complain that life isn't fair when your hands are busy you're serving your family your friends and your community when your hands are busy you show everyone what you're capable of the all-new ram 1500 motor trends 2019 truck of the year Hello and welcome back to episode 19 of the Greenway Outdoors podcast. 19, wow. Isn't that crazy? It's nutty. It feels like we just started it. Yeah. It doesn't. It feels like we've done 19 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like 22. You, in. you haven't done Week 19. Out. <laughs> it feels like 19, actually. <laughs> I wanted to go through our tip of the week this week, and it's a little bit of a more of a conversation piece, and it's been something that I've done actually a lot of research on and spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, the owner of Kuyu, which is a very expensive, very good um, outdoor apparel company. They make a lot of... Uh, awesome, um, yeah. awesome products. Yeah, outdoor apparel and uh, for hunting and fishing and stuff like and that. And we have an open sponsor spot. <laughs> well, hear me out. So anyhow, right. um, so unfortunately, um, the owner of Kuyu, who is uh, pretty well-known in the industry, like super well-known, he was an innovator well, in not only the founder clothing. but creator yeah of Kuyu. and he worked for another clothing brand before that i forgot which one ah uh, yeah i'm not sure big one though 
I don't remember which one it was, but it was another big one. But then he started his own and uh, was very massively successful and had endorsements from a lot of really big people in the outdoor industry. And unfortunately, earlier, or I guess late last year now, um, he took his own life. Um, and I was thinking about that and kind of dissecting, like, because that hit home in the outdoor industry and, like, about depression and things like that, I was thinking about, like, the idea behind depression and how, why no one in the group of four of us has it. So, like, why are we not depressed? And we talked a little bit earlier about our schedule and the things that we're willing to give up for the goals that we're all reaching towards, right? So we're, our goal is that we want to be able to hunt and fish and create television content for the rest of our lives. Right, AJ? You're stuck with us for life. <laughs> so the idea... I'm not, I'm not writing that screenplay anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the screenplay after when we're old men. Um, we'll be able to book higher higher level actresses oh, yeah. at that point. So you Fine just want to sit, sit it out for a little bit. Okay. Anyhow, um, I think that is awesome that you want to do that, though. <laughs> So the idea behind it is none of us are depressed because we are working towards and slowly but surely attaining a goal that we're working hard at every single day. And Jesus talked about it in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's also throughout the Bible quite a bit, and it, it's emulated in a lot of other religions as well, that we're created in God's image. Now, God was obviously a creator, right? If he created all this, he was a creator. And... If I don't work for like two or three days where I actually get to like go on vacation or fun or anything like that, I get like this nervous twitch that I'm like letting the three of you down and that like we're not getting closer to our goals for the show. And what by me, you know, messing around for a couple of days, what did that do as far as setting us back Because a couple of days could set you back a year and to a degree it's sort of unhealthy. But yeah, the idea behind it is. I don't have time to be depressed because I'm working really hard towards a goal and I'm creating something. So I'm like fulfilling what God gave us as far as like creating that image. So if he made us in our in his image and we are creators, then it would make perfect sense that when you're not attaining something or you're not making you're not progressing towards a realized goal that is important to you then it would make a lot of sense that you might be depressed. I know people, women that were depressed, but then once they had kids, they weren't anymore because they were they, they were living for the kid. They were they were mm -hmm. they were or attaining something or, or vice versa. versa. Sure, um, I've seen it. I've seen it that way. Yeah, exactly. Because now they're not living for themselves and they're living for something else. So the change is there. Right. I've seen people that um, have been completely depressed and then snapped out of it because they had a big opportunity that came their way. And then they were on their way towards realizing that goal. They felt fulfilled. And fulfilled. Fulfillment, I think, is the key. So I was, I was thinking about this. And it's like you look at someone who, like um, from a giant brand, super successful, one of the most successful people in the outdoor industry. And they're saying that he uh, may have had, uh, he was in the NFL, I believe. And he had uh, um, possible um, CTE. Yeah, and concussion problems and things like that that may have been a cause of it. Mm. So I'm not talking about anything medical, and I'm certainly not a clinical psychologist. But what I am saying is that I, I see a consistency in human beings in my 29 years on this earth that people that are working towards something they care about are never depressed. Right. But people that aren't are, and that's what I've. That's a trend that I've noticed. I, I agree. Like, and even that's for a me, line, there's also a gray line to that too. Great area. Yeah. But I mean, for me, I find myself much happier when 
I find things, even if it's stupid things, I keep something on my list for the future to fulfill like those goals right or something something in the future for me to look forward to keeps me looking forward to that next step that next step that next step and that keeps me occupied with just keep looking forward instead of not doing anything and just sitting in a slump where you're just like what do i do with myself what kind of person am i right right and it's like it's like having that list of things that you're accomplishing and creating in a sense because you're creating the idea to do it and then you're accomplishing it so you're Mm -hmm. fulfilling the the creation and I, I, I just don't think there's anything that symbolizes success or happiness more than that. Like, just the realization of, like, accomplishing a goal and, like, what you want to do. And, like, I, I, I know specifically where I want to take the show. I won't rest. I, I won't be happy. I won't feel like I'm successful until we are on one of the largest networks, whether it be Discovery or Netflix or whatever it is. And we're the top outdoor industry, outdoor show in the entire industry. I won't be happy. And even once I'm there, I'm sure I'll start moving into like the next realm of what we can do to even be bigger and better. We could make hunting and fishing movies. There's your screenplay. There's your screenplay. Uh-huh. There you go. He actually, goes, I've, he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually already thought about. No. I, I'd like to create like a conservation-based documentary. That would be cool. And I, I think that creating documentaries of the second. I, I've got two ideas for documentaries. Documentary number one. Da-da. Don't, no, no. No, don't give them up? No. Not in the no. Of course show? not. Okay. All right. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. One of them, like, only we can do. I thought you were just about to. I, I won't give it up. I won't give it up. All right. Good Good point. Good point. To, and tell the listeners, we're not dismissing anyone out there who does, because it, it is very serious for some people. And, sure. And a large struggle, but in my own experience, and I think a lot of you guys would agree, when you have something to look forward to and you've set goals for yourself, goals that can be accomplished you want large goals that take a long time but are reachable but you also want small goals that you can hit every week or every month that that gives you kind of that i don't know self-esteem that, that you need yeah that, uh, you got something oh, done i, I did this now, now i'm excited or... for next mm-hmm. week or next month progress yes i think that that's helped me a lot when i don't know i, I everyone goes through it. you just feel a little bit down at times but there are times though where it's people that have accomplished a lot, like like this guy, yeah, or like I mean, Robin Williams. I was just gonna say Robin Williams. You know, I mean, there's yeah, you can't the you amount can't. of joy you can bring the masses. Mm. You know, he's probably the top there. And yeah, I would say Robin he Williams was is number obviously one. fighting demons to himself, and yeah. you and know, it a, just shows that it, mental mental health is is a big deal. Any, anyone's you know? vulnerable. Yeah, it's, there's like the a three percent suicide rate in the United States or something like some insane don't quote me on that but there's I heard something today that was along those lines and I don't remember the exact statistics but a very very high suicide rate and to AJ's point is like I'm not discrediting chemical imbalances and you know issues that people have that need to be corrected by a clinical psychologist and a physician I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the everyday person like start there you know start at the 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 making a list of goals and slowly progressing towards them because I've I'm never happier than when I'm checking off things on a list right. that yeah. are bettering my, my long-term goals. Jeff, you listen to a lot of motivational speakers and stuff like mm-hmm. that, too. Chose to choose gum. He chose gum on the, the podcast. That's awesome. But um, what were you thinking? Are you actually chewing gum? <laughs> uh, do you swallow it? You're not supposed to swallow it. I, I swallow I, my gum. I will always swallow it. I swallow no, my gum. I've you guys been, are sick. I've been Why? chewing it the whole time, but I Never mind. I'm out of this whole show thing. I'm leaving all of you if you swallow gum. I, sw- it's, I it's always in, swallow it. I swallow it openly. In you, in, in in you sense, like, for like seven years. Myth. God. Myth. Absolutely. Myth. Myth. Isn't myth. it really a myth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I was thinking I, that. My stomach, <laughs> my stomach would be completely full right now if I swallowed. If I, that was true. Maybe that's why you don't eat very much. Maybe. Maybe Could I just be. don't eat much. <laughs> Jeff, out of all the motivational speakers and stuff that you do listen to, though, what, what, what would you say you pull the most from, and who do you like the most? I would say that my favorite is for sure Zig Ziglar um, because he talks mostly about, you know, there's a lot of talk about yourself, but he really talks about giving back and not, not thinking just of yourself but of other people and what you can do for other people and how that will not only give you joy, but then you'll get that back from other people. Right, right. So. It's like you can't really get until you give. Mm-hmm. It's like that's just a just a, a law. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. What about, like, AJ, because you're always pretty even keel, mm-hmm. and you're a workhorse when it comes to, like, work and everything like that. And, I mean, you're you're pretty much second in command when in everything in this mm-hmm. entire thing. So what, what do you – what – do you draw from in order to always just be like like I mean I would just say just by work ethic that I've learned along the lines of uh, you know a lot of it probably would have to do with my dad he is works in the automotive industry and he's he just goes and just whatever he's called to go to he goes there and mm-hmm. does the job and I'm like dad like you're in San Francisco have you seen all these places or whatever and he's like no I've just literally just been working this whole time I'm like, well, you gotta like go out and have some fun, or right? Yeah. And he's like, I could, but I just don't. And I, I just, and the majority of it was all because he wanted to give us uh, a good life growing up, and he did. So I, I, I look back on that a lot, where I'm like, you know, he put in, wasted a lot of weekends or put in a lot of time to do what he did and make the money he did, and you know, I don't want to not make good money. So I, I feel like you just gotta work, and eventually, mm-hmm. you know. It will happen. I, I I follow a lot of musicians that I that I um, that I uh, that I follow or I that I look up to, I guess. And I, I notice there's a path where everybody has their shot. It's just a matter of when to get it. You can continue it. You mm-hmm. know, right? It's like when they say in the major league, it's very easy to make it in the major leagues. It's harder to stay in it. Mm-hmm. So right. I kind of look at it like that way. Just everyone has their shot. They just gotta once they get it, they gotta. We, you know? we kind of have some of that as well, like, because everyone's like, oh, you get to travel. Oh, my God, you went to, you know, this place. Did you get to experience this cool thing there? No. We spent our entire time in the woods. <laughs> right after an episode about how we were in Mardi now, Gras, though. Yes, <laughs> sometimes we do get to go and do really cool and things. And more now than ever before, but correct. for four that's, that's years, that wasn't the case. That's, that's a new thing. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, and now we have time where we can spend four days in a place instead of Two. better get it done in this weekend. Okay, well. Right. Hope we can catch a fish, get yeah. rain two of the three days, and we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. AJ, and then Ryan, because I want to ask Ryan this too. AJ, you've been here for a really long time, pretty much since, I mean, we started the show four years ago, and it started airing about two years ago, and you've been with us well before it even started airing. Yep. From your perspective of starting at that, do you think that you found more fulfillment in the fact that when you came in, it wasn't a stable environment? It was a, um, it was a, a small business a new business, a young business, yep. and we were trying to create something out of nothing, and it was really just almost an idea at the time when you came in. Yep. Do you think that that helped you feel more fulfilled in your work? Because I know that you are, because you tell me all the time that you are. So you're fulfilled in your work. So are you more? Do you think you're more fulfilled because you were on the ground floor, or do you think you would have felt better if we were already like super established and came in a little later in the game? Maybe a mixture of both, but you know, like you said, we started from the very bottom. And, and now we're here. And now we're here. Gross. Drake, what up? <laughs> um, and I probably would, you know, as fulfilled as I am now with it, 
you just got to keep keep going and right. keep learning and and so, we didn't know what we were doing really we just we've learned <laughs> along the way so that's kind of just how it that's how i've grown as a, a worker and my knowledge of how stuff works is just you just pr keep practicing keep doing it right you know i didn't know how to use all these programs that we use now two years ago right you know? and it's just a matter of repetitiveness and keep going at it now you you had a job beforehand that uh took less mental capacity for sure it was more of a, a production line type yep. job yeah do you think you're happier now with a more complex position that you constantly have to be problem solving and now you're in charge of everybody and all these different things do you think that you're more fulfilled now than you were in that environment yeah because a the places we've gone to the things we've seen you know life's about experience you know if you if you don't go anywhere forever you you you're not mentally mentally satisfied right, right. so i mean the experiences the um, what we've learned you know those all factor into um how we've grown for for me too it's interesting as like the person who's kind of sp steering the ship a little bit with the show is like i always have to keep my thumb on your guys's happiness as well as my happiness and like the 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 work load that I put on you guys, which you guys always make easy because I'm able to just throw everything on your guys' lap and you guys just <laughs> get it done, but um, balancing everyone's happiness with like realistic schedules and realistic sleep that apparently human beings need sleep, but also having to complete things in a timely manner for the investors, for the networks, for the mm -hmm. for the, for the meetings, the distribution meetings, the you know all these different things, and it's like a balance of like everyone's feelings and stuff like that, and you guys are the greatest people and I mean you guys are literally my brothers but I'm very grateful for that Ryan for you coming in a little later in the game over a year now but we were already established and we've a lot more established now since you've been here uh, with many parts and thanks to you yeah. but would you say that you uh, same question as AJ are you more fulfilled because you knew it was a small business that was still kind of just starting or do you think you would have been more fulfilled than coming into a larger company um, what are your thoughts on that um, I I think there's more fulfillment in it being a small kind of startup company when when I first joined in when uh I don't know the big company thing is you, you feel like there's less to work for like like a ceiling like a glass ceiling well yeah and you can never break through it right you're stuck there where you are is where you are they already have someone else for that other job there's nothing else you can do there's nothing to work for right here like it's us four working for the world just together we're, the, it, we're doing what we got to do to get through it and we're gonna do it right and so I mean I was going to school and I think it was right at the very beginning of my first semester of college I had taken the fall semester I had graduated then the summer went and I had worked and then the fall came and I worked and then winter came and I was to start the winter semester and that's when you called and asked me to come meet you guys and right. see if we want to work if I wanted to work with you guys and he, there wasn't a lot of contact right because you we were lost so your busy phone. Yeah, yeah and I lost my phone in a river <laughs> um, that's so standard so there's there's like time a, was that <laughs> there was like a month month and a half ish sure where we didn't really talk a whole lot and I'm like that'd be cool if it happened and I, did, I just didn't that's feel that's what I said yeah yeah you know, like, 
uh, if it's real, this would be great. Yeah, <laughs> right. He also no. had a similar experience and talked to him for a month. And then... <laughs> <laughs> um, but like while I was in school, I was taking video production classes and just all your regular classes at college, and I I was just miserable. It was not the place for me. I couldn't stand being in that classroom. Like the video production class. What a joke, because you could literally what teach a, the class yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I would just sit there bored out of my mind. I could finish these projects in minutes. and But the projects were supposed to take, like, weeks. But right. I was finishing them in a class and just knew everything about it. So I'm sitting there just bored out of my mind. I can't do anything. And then finally I have something where I can put my knowledge towards, and I can, like, everything Bro. I've learned about business, I, there's no way I could have learned that in a year of college. No what I've learned now. And I, I'm not anti-college, but when it comes to... I am. When it comes, there, there are some things that too. you can learn at college that you have, like, if you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be my doctor, you better have gone to college. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's trades that are specific to gain knowledge that you're not going to get in high school. But for, for Ryan's sake and for everybody else's sake in the TV industry as, like, somebody who hires people in television, man, like, the people that went to school six years ago to Specs Howard or whatever it might be, that information is dated immediately mm -hmm. technology is oh, ever changing yeah. and uh, you know you've got ryan who is from a raw talent standpoint the best person i've ever seen hands down and then you've got aj who has the background and is more hungry to learn new things than anybody i've met so you take those two people and you guys are really the reasons why we're able to get to where we're at now and i think that well, the whole don't don't discredit yourself <laughs> thanks but, but i take the whole picture of the whole thing and you look at it and it's like we're all realizing our dreams together and because of that we're we're a happy group and if nothing else from this talk i hope that maybe it inspires other people to even if you're working another job find a way to add time to accomplish your own goals yeah. and create your own thing I, I was going to school i was going to college and also doing taking flight lessons to become a commercial pilot that's what i was doing before i got this which you guys all know that yeah but during all that time of the flight lessons, which was awesome, and I'd like to get back into that, but college and all that, I don't, I don't think it was going to be my thing, and I'm glad this is where I'm at now. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you, and I do love you guys like brothers. You're the best. So, Jeffrey's a little weird, but other than that, <laughs> hopefully we inspired somebody out there today and gave a little bit more of an insight into the Green Bay Outdoors and who we are. Check out our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. If you are listening to this podcast, you don't have to. You can watch it on our YouTube page. Go there, the Green Bay Outdoors. Subscribe. We post content like three, four videos a week. Sometimes I'm not in it, so sometimes they're good. Like, check them out. They're real <laughs> cool. Visit our new website, thegreenwayoutdoors.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and stay green.